Connors T, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast and another story in our Battle Rage series. This episode is the story of Emer, noblewoman of Leinster and Lady of Dundalgan, told by my brother, Aaron Hegarty. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon, and you can join them over at patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales or make a one-time donation to the PayPal button on our website. Like and share, and above all, enjoy. And for now, Aaron, tell us a story. Emer was Cuchulain's equal in every way. Emer had married Cuchulain when he'd come back from Scarks Island in Alban after training long and hard with Skark, the shadowy one. Although her father had very much not been happy with this proposal, Cucullan fought with him and many of the men he sent against him. Unfortunately, Emer's father had died, not by the hand of Cucullan, but from his seeking her out. She did not hold this against Cucullan. She saw this miraculous man as everything that he was. She was all too aware of his problems. He would often seek out the company of other women, but this did not bother her. She had no jealousy in her heart, for she knew Cucullin would come back to her, and she was all too aware of Cucullin's three biggest problems. He was too young. He was definitely too daring. Pig-headed, she thought. Stubborn sometimes. And he was terribly beautiful. His beauty got in his own way sometimes, but... Well... She left it go. After all, she had the six great gifts of womanhood at the time. She was renowned for her beauty. She had great wisdom, guile and cunning... A sweet speech, a great voice, which was technically quite different, fantastic needlework, and craft. Now, if you look it up, this may say chastity in the old books, but that was written by an old man in a faraway place at a different time, and what I think he meant was craft. Because if there was anything that was to be compared between Emer and Cucullin, well, it was their voracious sexual appetite, and their sex was epic. It had to be. They were both absolute rides. And so it was no surprise. He always came back to his Emer. There was no comparison in anyone else. Some thought she had too much patience. But... She was also very aware of the status she had while beside Cucullin. They held a feast one Samhain Eve, a great feast for all of their friends to come. Everyone would boast of the great accomplishments they had made, and because it was Samhain Eve, no one could tell a lie. 
let your sword shout out amongst the hall if you did. And so, when they were enjoying this, as Cucullin sat with Sencha, the poet, Emer, and all of the women of the hall looked out to see a flock of beautiful white birds land on the lake nearby. Everyone was seized then with a desire to have two birds, one atop each shoulder, and they asked the men there to go out and gather them for them, to gift them to them, so they may look even more beautified. All of the men fail at capturing a single one of these birds who seem to dance across the water's surface to taunt the men. And then... Emer went to Cucullin. She asked simply for him to capture these beautiful birds so that she may be the one to gift them to her guests. Cucullin did as she bid. He cast in his slingshot a number of small light stones, pebbles as they were, and with a flick of his wrist, so accurate was he, he stunned every one of those birds in the lake. He ran across the water without letting his feet sink in and gathered them all up. In a show of amazing skill and grace, he gifted all of these pairs of birds to all the women in the hall until he came to Emer and had none left at all. Emer was... All right with this. She told Cucullin that it would not be right for her to have a bird on top of each shoulder and let any one of her guests without. But Cucullin was not happy with this. He was downcast to see all of the women so beautified and fluffy with their feathers next to their faces and Emer without any. And so he was quite delighted when he saw two mystical looking birds with all the colours seeming to dangle in a trace behind their wings blue tipped and ivory white they landed and a shimmer glided across the water mist seemed to hover around them and them alone and Sencha the poet warned that these mystical birds had magic all around them and should be left well enough alone. Emer nodded and agreed and tried to stop Cucullin who cast a shot from his sling. She knew well his stubborn mind would not let this quell and yet he missed. Cucullin never missed. She was shocked. He was outraged. He cast two more stones into his sling, flung it over his head, whipped it hard and lashed it at the birds who simply moved as if these were in water and they were moving faster around it. The stones missed their target again, but the birds seemed to lift their legs then and begin that slow and steady run that great birds have to start to lift themselves off the surface of the water and prepare to depart as their wide wings were spread flapping down now to lift themselves off Cucullin gathered a spear and flung it at the first the leading bird she ducked and moved but the agile bird was hit in the wing and a great shriek rang out This deafening cry caused all the men and women then to cover their ears for fear of this awful sound. The birds disappeared as quickly as they had appeared. Cucullin, not happy with this, sulked away to a standing stone close by and 
drowsy and suddenly overcome with tiredness, he leant against it and sat down, his head curling around, and Emer watched him. Then she saw him as if in a fit, taking hits and squirming and calling and crying out, but fast asleep he was. A nightmare of sorts, she thought. But despair soon came over her as he could not be woken, and when eventually, after long, long into the night, he was awoken, he was blackened and bruised all over his body, and he was not able to stand. She ordered servants to carry him to his bed, and she lay beside her lover and husband, the king of her heart, and she wept to see him so weakened. In the morning he was not able to get out of bed, and she brought him water and leant over him instead and poured it into his mouth. The days trickled by like this. Emer had no more guests come to the house. No one was to bring any tidings to disturb Cucullin. Fine foods were gifted to him and brought forward, but he could barely eat. He could not talk. He had no strength in him at all, and Emer worried desperately for the life of her lover. And so she cared for him then. For a long year it felt, longer still as she cared and nursed him not back to health but to stay barely alive. Finally, before Samhain came back again, she went towards Owen Macca to the king of Ulster, and when she came into the hall of the king, she chastised and mocked all of the men and the heroes of Ulster, the Crave Rua, the great fighting force that they were, that they would leave Cúchulain in his sickbed all alone for a year and not help. She said if it was any one of them that was lying so sick and so weak, Cullen would not stop until he found an answer. Saddened and shamed, then, the men knew they had to do something. But what could they do? King Crahor turned to Kaffa the druid, who came back to Dundalgan with Emer. They brought healers, healing herbs of the finest from all over Ulster, but still nothing would rise him. Kaffa could do nothing without knowing what it was that plagued him. He needed some form of information from Cúchulain. So Emer, she sang to him. She did not know the rhythm or the rhyme or the words she would speak, but she sang to him of his greatness, of his valour, his brilliant deeds, the hound he had killed, the namesake he took, the legend that he trained with, the mighty deeds he had already done in such a short life. But this story was not over and she begged him and she willed him from the centre of his being and the beating of his heart to come back to her and to share in this life that they loved together. She longed for her love to come back. She gave him some strength and in some semblance then he managed to open his eyes and he spoke then of the dream he had had the night he had attacked those birds he told Emer with Kaffa eagerly listening 
that he had seen two tall, dark-haired women come towards him as he leant against the standing stone. Not able to move, they took two willow branches and whipped him. And one, he remembered, had a bandage round her arm, with blood pouring from it. Kaffa knew what had happened then. He had cast a spear at one of the two of Daedanin, and he had hurt them, and in retaliation they had come to him and caused this sickness. What he had to do was go back to that standing stone the following night, as it was so on eve. A year since that day had occurred last year, and now he would be surely met by those two, and they would find a way to solve this. He would have to pledge some form of allegiance or do what they had asked him to do to make up for his insult at casting stones at them on the lake. Emer helped drag Cullen to the standing stone. She held his hand until he beckoned her to leave him alone. She knowing full well he would not want to be seen to be taken care of or weakened in any way, she walked away stayed watching. When the sun dipped low and the crimson light seemed to lose its brightness and a pale blue light lit the scene, two women suddenly stood there with mist around their feet, long, tall, pale and beautiful. Lieben was one, Fan her sister. They introduced themselves to Cucullin. Fawn still had a bandage around her arm, although there was no blood from it now. Lieben spoke to Cucullin. It was for the love of Fawn that she had helped her sister come to see Cucullin. For Fawn great love for him. And what have they received in return? Cullen casting stones at them. The insult was too much for any one of the folk of Underhill. And so they given him this sickness. But Lieben now said they were there to make some arrangements. Cullen would come back with them to the plane of light in the other world. It was her husband, after all, Labyrinth of the swift sword wield, who was in trouble. A mighty force was attacking him, and Cucullin could save them, and if they did that, Fan would release him from this sickness. Emer saw Fan's beautiful eyes. Look. Cucullin. She saw a glance between them that she did not like. Cucullin had worry that these two were lying to him somehow. He did not trust the Fae, and so he asked his trusted friend Laig to go to the Plain of Light with Fand and Lieben. They took him away and Emer came down to Cucullin's side. She told him he must go and make amends for the insult that he'd given them 
This was the only way he would be returned to his full strength, and she missed him at his full strength. He would return to her as he always did, she reminded him, no matter what. Leg returned with mere minutes gone, but time moved differently in the other world. Leg said he saw the plane of light. He saw a deadly army being amassed, and he saw the swift sword wielder. Everything Lieben had said was true, and he said to Cucullin that Fond was breathtakingly beautiful, and still had love in her heart for him. Although these words were meant for only Cucullin, Emer heard them as it travelled across the ground towards her. Stuck in her ear, but she shrugged it off, not wanting to worry herself for women that were not her equal. Cucullin went to the plain of light with Lehman and Fond. They were gone for thirty days. Each day, Emer worried. What was it he was fighting? What was it he was facing? How many single combats would he have to fight? What kind of monsters did they have in the other world? Was this wielder of sword really any help at all? Or was he one to be trusted? Would they really remove his sickness? Would Fond still love Cucullin? Would Cucullin love her? She would not allow such thoughts plague her, but as the days ticked by, she couldn't help. When Cucullin came back, he was different somehow. He was energetic. He was back to his health. He was able-bodied and well-able to go off to Aonmaka and greet the king and bow down to him, but Emer was not sure what had happened. So she confronted Leg. She wanted the whole story. She knew something was different from his touch, from his kiss, from his eyes, from the shadow he left on the ground. There was something different. Never before had Cucullin gone away, spent a night with another woman, and come back this estranged to her. Leg eventually told her, but he was sworn to secrecy, though Emer reminded him. He was to serve her as much as he served Cucullin. Leg told Emer that Cucullin had indeed fought off many of the heroes of this other race. In the plane of light, such a beautiful and mystical place. He fought brilliantly and wisely and fiercely. Emer bore down on Leg. What else? He wasn't saying something. Finally, he let out with it. They had arranged a tryst, a lover's bond, to meet at Ballia's Strand by a yew tree. That evening, when Emer heard this, she flew into a rage. 
Cuchulain, how dare he, now make plans to escape from her and run off with this other woman after all of the love, after all of the care, after all of the longing and lust that they had shared together. He was now willing to throw to the winds for this newness, this woman who had interrupted them in a beauty so profound. Their coming together was perfect in every way and he had to destroy it. The beating of her heart were like the beating of wings as she sped down to Balia's strand with the thirty handmaidens by her side. When she came down, she saw Cucullin with her. She threw insult and anger at her, and she was as surprised to hear such insult and ranting come back in her face. How dare she, and who did she think she was? Before she could lunge at Fond and tear her limb from limb, Cucullin stepped in between them then, prepared to defend Fond. How dare he, she thought. Although she knew she could not fight him, she turned her rage inwards and then spoke clearly and resolutely and furiously. Every man, she said, thinks a new thing is better than an old thing. How dare you throw away our love for the lust of this woman? I am your equal. When Cucullin attempted to also say that Fan was his equal too, as she was one of the Fae, Fan stopped him. She couldn't believe that he had destroyed this love between this woman and him for the sake of her. It was not right. She saw it now. Cucullin turned to Emer and agreed. Although she was still seething with anger, Cucullin went towards Emer to try and take her hand in his. Fan left out a wail, a shriek, a cry of despair, similar to the pain she had felt when Cucullin had cast that spear at her. Suddenly, Mananon MacLear stood right there on the crest of a wave and walked towards Fond. He spoke then all around, saying he was the love of Fond and Fond was the love of her, and for reasons he can't remember they parted and now he wanted to come back to her if she would come back to him. Fond looked at Cucullin and Emer and said, well, I love you both equally. But he has someone his match. And she walked towards Mananon to get back onto his horse and ride over the waves with him. Mananon looked sternly at Cucullin, took off his cloak slowly and shook it between Fand and Cucullin so that they may never cross paths again. Then he jumped atop of his horse with Fond jumping on behind him, holding on tightly. They rode across the waves, and she did not look back, although Emer watched Cucullin watching her fade away. This 
not the end of the story, though. Emer tried to allow this to wash over as she had let many before wash, but milk seemed to turn sour in their company. Dogs shied away from them, whining. This ease was all around them. There was no blossom or bloom to be seen in all of Dundalgin. In all of Ulster, men were falling out with their wives. They were not allowed into their own beds at homes because of the ill ease between Cucullan and Emer. Every woman was sick to death of hearing this story and so angry at all of the men then that every single man of the Crave Rua went to their king to beg for something to be done. Cucullin and Emer were spoiling the entire of their own peace at home. And so, Kaffa and the Druids, they concocted a potion of forgetfulness. Drastic measures had to be called for. They gifted this to Emer and Cucullin. And once they drank that potion, all memory of fun and that last year of the sickbed of Cucullin and the only jealousy of Emer was wiped away from their minds and they were able to resume the love they had once more and Cucullin had no memory of Emer's anger This podcast was produced and edited by Oshin Ryan. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. And we're on all social media, so like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelittales or send us a message or get onto our mailing list. For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candlelittletales. Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and get to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash Candlelittales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. We also do really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests. So please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comments section below. Because what we really want to do is get these stories out there. Share them with as many people as possible. So anything you can do to help, we really appreciate. And we really appreciate you listening. Gurb Milamagar.